0: It's going to play in a second. We probably it's probably spinning. It's loading. I could scream. I could even call you some names. But you know what? One of us has to be the mature one. And it ain't gonna be me, Aunt Jemima. All right, I told you it was quick. (laughs) We're gonna explain it in a second. We're gonna explain it in a second. I lost y'all. I'm just a little bit. It's okay. All right. Good morning. Thank you. Y'all give a, <clears throat> excuse me, a hand clap for those that are joining joining us online. Thank you so much for joining us and tuning in this morning at New Life Church of Mobile. And I know you didn't see it online, but we just watched this very short clip on the screen. And everybody's probably wondering, why in the world did he show that clip? And it was a clip from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Will and Lisa, they were having an argument and. They were going back and forth, and he said, someone has to be the mature one. And he said, it ain't going to be me. And then he called her, ancient mama, because she had her hair wrapped, and she had cream on her face, and she was looking pretty rough. But he was like, someone has to be the mature one, but it ain't going to be me. And we've been in a series entitled, I Exist Too, and we're talking about certain things that God has created all of us to do. And in week three, we're talking about God that we, God created us, or we exist to mature. We exist to mature. And all the notes are on our app. You can follow along. You can download the New Life Treasure Mobile app. So we're talking about I exist to mature. And God has created all of us, like I said, to mature. But we know that maturity does not come with age, unfortunately. Wouldn't that be great if the older you got, you just automatically got wise and mature? But sadly, it just doesn't work like that, that we have to walk through life and go through trial and error and go through difficulties and circumstances. But ultimately, we have to come to the decision that we begin to mature when we make the choice to mature. Maturity is a choice. You have to choose to say, you know what, I'm going to mature because you could be immature the whole, your whole life. And we're going to read this verse and then we're going to pray and then we're going to get into the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word. I thank you for each and every person here, Lord God, and that's watching online. Speak to our hearts clearly today, Lord God, on the topic of maturity. And show us areas in our lives where you're dealing with us. And point out the areas, Lord God, that we can grow in maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. It says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And we could look across society and especially social media and we can see there's a lot of childish things going on. There's a lot of childish comments, a lot of childish behavior going on in the world. And some of it is just like, I know I'm being childish, but I choose to be childish. I know I'm being petty, but I want to be petty. And we have all these things that's going on, but God has called all of us, we exist to mature. Say, I exist exist. to mature. And God is constantly calling all of us to mature, not just to mature, but to mature in him. And there's a process that comes when we come, uh, think about maturing in God. And today, I just want to highlight a few things that's going to help each and every one of us in our maturity and helping us to mature. And the first thing that we can do to mature is this, is self-awareness. You can't start talking about maturity until you first start talking about self-awareness. Because how many of you know some people, they just don't have any self-awareness at all? And they are like, what, what does that mean? We're going to explain it in a minute. A big step in maturity is self-awareness. And the first thing in maturity and self-awareness is this, self-confrontation. It's self-confrontation. The more you confront yourself about yourself, the process of maturity can begin. You know, sometimes you have to confront yourself about yourself. You have to say, self, why did you say that? Self, why did you think like that? Self, why do you desire this? Self, why do you want to do this? Why do you? And you have to begin to confront yourself and ask yourself questions. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I say the things that I say? And when you begin to confront yourself and ask yourself these questions, then you can begin to process and say, what in my life needs to change or what in my life needs to mature in my behavior and the things that I'm doing? But it's always easier to make excuses for yourself than it is to confront yourself. Because we know we can make, no one can make more excuses for yourself than you. And when you can make well, that's just my personality. That's just the way God created me. Yes, God created you that way, but the version of his, yourself that he wants is the mature version. He wants you to mature in who he's created you to be. But we get, nope, I'm not changing. This is, and, we, and when you start thinking about dealing with, confronting yourself, you start, oh, this is too overwhelming. I want to think about something else. But God says, no, no. The more you confront yourself, the more you can begin the process of maturity. Also, under self-awareness, when we're thinking about self-confrontation, you have to evaluate or take evaluation of yourself and your life. Have you gotten comfortable or complacent in yourself and where you are right now in life? Because it's real easy to get complacent and comfortable with where you are in life. But oftentimes when we get comfortable and complacent, then we also get frustrated at the same time. Well, why isn't anything advancing in my life? Why am I? I'm not growing. Why aren't I uh, moving forward or why I should be further along in life by, by the time I'm at this age? And when we feel like we're not in that place, we have to begin to take uh, inventory and evaluate our lives and say, what decisions have I made to get myself in this position and also what decisions am I going to make in the future to get the things that I desire? Because until you begin to evaluate where you are and how you got there, then you have to determine what if it's going to take to get me to where I want to be. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have a good intent and good wishes and thoughts of, oh, when I'm this age, I'm going to have this. Yeah, but what's the plan, plan in place to help you achieve those things? Mm-hmm. Because if you just ha- don't have a plan in place, you're just wishing. And it, it may work out. It may not. But you have to take evaluation and say, this is where I am. How am I going to grow as a person, but also how am I going to grow in my life to accomplish the things that I want to achieve? And a part of this evaluation is this. It's like you have to be comfortable with failure. When you evaluate, a lot of times evaluation is hard because you have to begin to deal with areas that you may deem that this is not a successful thing in my life. But this is what I know. Mature people know that failure will happen. It's going to happen. Nobody's perfect in anything. I remember I was working this job, uh, and it was, it was a sales job that was commission-based. Like, everything was 100% commission. And the owner of the company, boy, he could sell dreams. And he, so, he was selling dreams, and he was like, man, you can make all this money if you do X, Y, and Z. Like, the, the sky's the limit. There's no cap on how much money you can earn in this position. Which was true, but it also came with a catch as well. And the thing was, is like what they would do is they would take certain territories, uh, like so, say for Mobile. They would start in Mobile, and then they would go to all the businesses they can in Mobile. And once they've reached all the businesses they can in Mobile, then they'll move to Saraland. And then they'll do the same thing in Saraland. Then they'll move to Gulf Shores, and then they'll move to Orange, and y'all catch what I'm saying, so they would move all over and make money, and he had people that would follow him to different cities, different states, and they've been doing this for years, so the people that had been with him, they knew the rules and the ropes, and they knew how to make money, and when you're just coming in, they're selling you this dream, you're going to be just as successful as them, but that's not true, because all the deals, they don't tell you up front that to make money, all the deals have to go through. And not only that, but you're probably going to wait two, three months for them to fall through before you see your money. And so at the beginning, I'm like, man, this is great. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm not making any money. (laughs) It's like I'm spending my gas. It's in the summertime. I got to wear a shirt and tie. I'm walking to all these businesses. It's hot. And then I had to come to the conclusion, you know what? I'm not good at this. (laughs) You know, I, I I don't think this is, I don't think I'm cut out for sales. Because first of all, I'm not a pushy person, and the way that you would have to make money is you kind of had to be very pushy and kind of deceive the people at the same time. And I remember this one lady, I was trying to explain it to her, and she was, and she was an older lady. She's like, I think you're trying to get over on me. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to get over on you. And then I was like, you know what? I can't do this. And I realized <laughs> I'm just not good at this. I'm not cut off for this job. And I tell tomorrow about that job all the time. But we pass by. I said like, I've been to that building before. I know who. It's, I know what they sell. All because I walked the streets of Baton Rouge, Slidell, New Orleans. Where else do we go? Homer. This is all in Louisiana. All these places that I walked. I literally walked. They, they would drop us off. We would get. And y'all know how hot it is in the South. And we have shirt and ties on. We would go door to door to these businesses, trying to sell AT&T internet and. Uh, phone services to businesses, and, and I was like, you know what, I'm just not good at this. And, but at the same time, I was like, it kind of messed with me a little bit. It's like, well, if I can't make money doing this, then what can I make money at? And, I, and for the first time, as far as like a, a job goes, I failed. And I was like, what, what in the world is going on? But this is what I realized. Failure lets you know who you really are. When you begin to fail, it lets you know exactly who you are. And when failure happens, what do you do? Do you get depressed? Do you get discouraged? Do you get angry? Do you blame others? Do you sabotage others? Do you make excuses? What do you do? But failure exposes who you really are. Last week, I was joking about the time baseball when I took the bat and I started hitting all the coolers and the garbage cans. And that failure exposed what was in my heart, anger. (laughs) I was mad. (laughs) But failure, it exposes who you are. But this is what I know about mature people. They look at failure and difficulties as an opportunity for growth. Because they know if they walk through these difficulties and these failures, they know that something great is on the other side. All I have to do is walk through it. So they actually embrace failure, and they embrace difficulties and trials because they say, hey, it may not feel good right now, but I know God has something great on the other side of this. Instead of whining and complaining, oh, why has this happened to me? No, no, no. Mature people say, I'm going to embrace this because guess what? Growth is on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Growth is just on the other side. All I have to do is walk through it. But it takes a mature perspective to view it that way. Because without maturity, you'll say, oh, this, this, nothing ever goes my way. Just like Eeyore, nobody loves me. Nothing ever goes my way. And and you begin to make excuses and blame other people instead of saying, no, let me take this opportunity to grow. Yeah. Growth comes from maturity and realizing that, hey, failure may come, but guess what? I'm going to overcome it because something greater is on the other side. And we need to take that mindset, but it takes maturity. And that's why God is calling all of us to mature because he knows once you mature and you walk through the things you walk, now you're in the, the, the mature stage of who I've created you to be. Another part of maturity and in, in self-awareness uh, is this, is, the, is uh, discretion. And this is a big one. Discretion, what is discretion? Your words. And not only that, but discretion is knowing what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Knowing what to say, when to say, and how to say it. There is a lot that you can say, but you have to have discretion to know if you're the person to say it. Let me say that again. There's a lot that we all could say, but we have to have maturity to know, am I the person to say it? Because God can show us a lot of things. There's a lot of things that God shows me, but I have to ask God, God, even though you're showing me all this, am I the person that needs to say something about it? Because I've noticed this thing in two things in my life. Usually, if God shows me something, I'll ask Him, Are you showing me this because you want me to say something? And most times, often, it's not. God doesn't want me to say anything because what God, because usually what happens is two things usually happen. One, God is dealing with that person about that thing, and they'll come up to me and say, Man, God was just dealing with me about this. And I can say, You know what, that is God, because He showed that to me. But it wasn't my job to say it, it was just the confirmation that. God has been speaking to them when they bring it up. Or another way that will bring it up is, is, is this, is that, that there will be an open door for me to say something. And if God presents the open door, then I say, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to speak. But sometimes we just want to blurt it out and say stuff. It's like, wait a minute. Well, well did God give you the peace to say that and to speak on that situation? Because if that person didn't give you an open door, you can say it, but if it doesn't go the way that you said it would, guess what? Who are they going to blame, you or God? They're going to blame you. And they're going to blame you. And so you have to use discretion to say, when should I, if I should say something, when should I say it, how should I say it, and, when, uh, and, and how, when, where, and how should I say it? It's important that we use discretion. But this comes with trial and error and maturity. I wish we could all get it right. I wish I could get it right all the time. But sometimes you might miss the mark. You say, man, I thought I heard God on that. And I th- but the best thing that you could do when it comes to discretion is this. is like It is way better to allow God to speak something to someone's heart than you. It is way better to allow God to speak to that person's heart than you. Because usually God is already dealing with them in that area. And when God speaks to them, they can't deny that. But when you speak it, they can they can receive it or they can't. But again, if it doesn't turn out and things don't go the way that they plan, they're going to blame you and not God. And we can't be the voice of God for people. God is the voice that speaks to them. Yeah. And we have to use discretion to say and usually, you know, when to say it when they give you the open door and it'll be clear as day. They'll say, I've been dealing with this. What, what do you think about this? oh, okay, now there's the open door. Now you don't have to guess, did God give me the, no, no, God showed it to you because now he's giving you the open door to speak in their life. But if no one is giving you the open door, that's pretty a clear cut sign that you might not be the person to speak it to them. But we have to use discretion to know, should I say something or should I not? And also this is something that I've learned as well is that as a pastor, I've learned not to speak negatively towards any other pastor or any other church. Because that's God's church and that's God's man or woman. Amen. And when I speak negatively about them, then guess what? That could come back on me because I'm speaking against what God has ordained. But some people, I'm surprised at how often some people are just, they don't even, they just freely speak against God's pastors and churches. And I'm like, boy, you better be careful. It's like, don't speak against God's anointed because that could come back, that could come back on you. And so I'm very cautious. I do not speak negatively. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what's going on because the truth of the matter is I don't know all the details, but God does. And if there's something that's an error or wrong, guess what? God will address it. I'm not the person to address it. And it's so funny. This happened years ago. Uh, there was a guy that he had a question about one of the decisions that I made. And the reason that I knew that because he sent it in a text message. But he sent it to me instead of the person that he intended to send it to. And I thought it was so funny that I was like, whoa, I, th- I was like, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to send this to me. And I don't even remember how I responded, but it just went back to remind me, you see, he's asking this question, but he doesn't know the full details of why that decision was made. And a lot of times we only have a partial view of what's going on and not the full view. So that's why you have to be careful about what you speak, and that's what comes with discretion. We don't know always the full view, we don't know always the full scenario, so you have to, and it takes maturity to say, I'm not gonna speak on that. Even though there's something inside of me that it wants to, ooh, I wanna speak on it, guess what? I'm not gonna speak on it. But it takes maturity to use discretion to say, you know what? That's not my place to speak. I'll allow God to deal with that. So the first way that we mature is through self-awareness. We have to bring self-awareness, and we went those through, through those things under self-awareness that helps us mature. The second way that we mature is this, is personal strength. Personal strength. Don't be the person that can always give advice to others, but you can't find strength for yourself to overcome. You know, sometimes people, they can say all the right things to other people, but they don't take their own advice. It's like you always have something to say about everybody else, but what about your situation? Put some, what about the strength that you need for yourself? But this comes from maturity, because it's always easier to diagnose. Why, why is it so, like, I'm into sports. You go on social media, everybody is a coach. Everybody, well, if they would have done this, well, yeah, it's easy to say what they should have done in hindsight. But the coach didn't have hindsight, and he's in the moment. And you would have done the same thing he did in the moment. Or you probably would have done worse. But the truth is, is that it's easy to go back and view and, and, and critique others and tell them what they should do, but not find strength and do it for yourself. But a part of maturity is personal strength. We have to, I've never met a person that was mature that, wasn't per, that didn't have personal strength. All the mature people, all the people that I know that are mature, they have a personal strength. And I'm going to explain more what that means. Hebrew, Proverbs, I'm sorry, not Hebrews, but Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. It says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. So what does it say? You need some strength. You need some strength. But personal strength will help you overcome difficult situations and allow you to continue to move forward and not let everything trip you up or take you out. If everything trips you up or takes you out, that means your strength is too small. That means you don't have enough personal strength. If every little thing trips you up or shipwrecks you or takes you out, that means you need some strength. And what brings strength in our lives is that this is this stood the test of time. One thing that always brings strength to your life is consistency. The more that you're consistent with things, you can draw strength on the fact that these things that I'm consistent in bring stability. And whenever there's stability, there is strength. Whenever there's no stability, there's no strength because you have nothing to grip to. But when you are consistent in your daily devotions, when you're consistent in getting the proper rest, when you're consistent in exercise and self-development and you're doing those things constantly and consistently, guess what? You will be a person that gains personal strength. But if there's no routine, there's no rhythms. There's no consistency in your life. You don't know what to draw from. And every day is like a, a fight to get to the top of the surface to breathe, get another breath. I feel like I'm drowning. I need a breath. What is that? There's no consistency. There's, and, and from that, you can draw no strength. Psalms chapter 73 verse 26 says this. It says, my, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Ultimately, the best way and should be the only way to gain personal strength is to know that your strength comes from the Lord. I find personal strength when I know that consistently I run to the Lord for him to strengthen me. Because me within myself, I don't have the strength. I don't. At some point, my strength will fail me. We just read the verse. My health may fail. My spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. Ultimately, I know my strength comes from God. And a mature person knows this. Yes, I might have some personal strength, but it comes from God. And if I've run out of strength, that means I need to go back and I need to get consistent in my word. I need to get consistent in my prayer life. I need to be consistent in my devotions. All these things when I'm consistent in my relationship with God gives me personal strength. And if I don't have that consistency of God, guess what? I have no strength. Now I'm just drawing and reaching for Anything to grab some strength from, I need strength in this, but I can't find it. And I definitely can't find it from myself, so I know that my strength comes from God. And when you know that, guess what? Now you're on the journey of maturity. A mature person knows my strength comes from God. Pride says you can do it yourself. Pride says don't worry about that, you can handle it. Put more on your plate, you got this. You're a strong woman. You're a strong man. You know, how to, you know how the enemy tries to lie to you. You got this. You, you got this. Don't look, nobody can stop you. You are an unstoppable force. You got to grind. Every, while everybody else sleep, you working. And Okay, yeah, keep doing that. Just keep, keep on working and don't rest. See how that works out for you in five years or even two years. You're going to wear yourself out because you are not built to be your own strength. God is our strength, amen? amen? So the first thing is in maturity. I find self awareness. Second thing is this I know that my personal strength comes from God. The third thing is this how do I mature? Focusing on following through. Focusing on, fo- and this is a big part of maturity, it's focusing on following through. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25, it says, Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. And I like how the message translation says this. It says, an impulsive vow is a trap. Later you'll wish you could get out of it. An impulsive vow is a trap. Later you'll wish you could get out of it. What does that mean? That means you need to carefully think about the things that you commit yourself to. Because follow-through is a big deal when it comes to maturity. Because follow-through says this, you're a trustworthy person. When, you're, when you give your word, or, or, and I know for me, when I give my word, my word is my word. So I want to make sure that I'm following through on what I say. And especially as a pastor, pa- if, if I say something, people expect me to do that because I'm the pastor. So if I say I'm going to be there or I'm going to meet, guess what? They expect me to be there. But if I never follow through and I'm, oh, I can't do it this, oh, I can't do it, I said, oh, no, what's going to happen? At, at some point, you're going to say, I can't trust him. At some point, his word doesn't mean what it says he does. He says one thing and does another. No, I, I want to be a person that's known for following through. And maturity says, I have to take an account of my, my, first of all, my schedule. What does my schedule look like? Because once I have a grip on my schedule, now I can know what I can commit myself to and what I can't. And that it takes maturity to do those things and to have those things instead of just making an impulse and just saying, oh, I can do it. And then later say, oh, I forgot about this. And sometimes things do come up and we do forget about things. But if it's constantly happening, then that means we need to take inventory and say, what in the world am I doing that's not allowing me to follow through? Because I, as a mature person wants to be a person that if I give my word, my word is my word. And nowadays, people's word is not their word. You know, years and years ago, which really is not that far ago, you know, sometimes in bank. That, and banks, they would give deals just on a handshake. Because they pe- knew back then that people's word was their word. And they'll say, I promise that I'll pay this money back. And they would just handshake on it. And it was that was just as good as, as a signature. You can't do that nowadays. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll pay back that $30,000 loan. Yes. Oh, 2% interest? Oh, thank you. I'll pay that. I'll pay that back. No, no, no. I need this in writing. I need your firstborn's name. I need. I need... I need everything because I want to make sure to guarantee to get my word back because I don't trust your word. But when your word is your word, a mature person says, I have to make sure that I'm following through on my commitments. So that's why personal disciplines are a great way to help you follow through. Because if you're consistent, and we talked about this, if you're consistent in your personal disciplines, then it's going to be a lot easier for you follow, to make follow throughs on what you promise because you're doing it every day. If you know every day I'm consistent in these things, following through won't be a big deal. But if you can't be consistent in your personal uh, devotions and your personal dif- disciplines, how are you going to be consistent in following through in anything else? But that takes maturity. And God has created all of us to mature. What, why, why do we trust God so much? Because we can take him at his word. Because God's promises are yes and amen. There's no, He doesn't lie. He can't lie. So if he says it, guess what? It's going to happen. Why? Because he's trustworthy, and he's created us to be in his image, and he's created us to be trustworthy as well. But guess what? That takes maturity. And that's why it's so important that we focus on following through, because God wants all of us to be a man and woman of our word. So when they look at you and they say, hey, can you do this? They know I don't have to ask them and second guess or text them and remind them. I know it's going to happen. But if you're the person that people have to triple check and quadruple check and then call you 15 minutes, now you're still coming, that may be a good client that maybe, do I follow, am I a good, do I follow through or do I need to improve and mature in this area? But those are the questions that you ask yourself, focusing on follow through. And the last thing we want to talk about in uh, maturity is this, prepared for conquest. Prepared for conquest. When I think about conquest, I think about gaining territory, meaning that I'm on pursuit or I'm on a mission to gain something, some territory that I currently don't have, and I'm preparing for that conquest. But the thing is, if I never do the first three things that we talked about, I'll never get to conquest because those three things help me set up to be able to take territory. When I think about Jesus' life, everything Jesus did was to take conquest or to take territory, which is to to defeat death, hell, and the grave. But he had to go through that process that we just talked about. The first thing was what we talked about um, self-awareness. He was aware of who he was. He confronted himself and went to the father in prayer and said, father, help me this in these areas. He knew that when things would not go his way that he would have to pray. When even his own will was against the father's will, he said, father, let your will be done, not mine. So he was self-aware that, hey, I don't want to do this. But guess what? I know that your will should be done. He was aware of how he felt and all those things, but yet he still submitted it to the father. He also said, you know what? I need to be strong. Not just and he overcame all the temptation of the enemy in the wilderness, all the things that he went through. He endured. He had personal strength. He was focused on follow through everything that he said. He did it. And all of those things prepared him for conquest to fulfill the mission that God had called him to fulfill. And God has a conquest and a mission for every single one of us. And when you look throughout the Old Testament, it's full of examples that God called men and women and groups of people to say, go and possess the land. Go and take hold of this land. Go into, he told Abraham, go into the land that I will show you. What is this? This is conquest. This is going to take territory, going to gain ground. God has put us on a mission, but until you get to maturity, you'll never be on mission. You'll never gain the conquest. And I want to read this, and this is a story in Numbers chapter 13. Moses sent out 12 spies or 12 leaders to go uh, spy out the land of Canaan. And he said, come back with your report. And they all came back and they said, oh, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land where it's great and it's awesome. But the people are giants. We saw giants there. And in the midst of them talking, Caleb says this in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people and they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land. He said, "We we can certainly conquer it. And then we go on to read that they say, oh, no, but they were giants. They make us look like grasshoppers. We can't do it. So 11 of them were discouraged by what they saw. One man, Caleb, said, no, we can conquer the land. Let's go take it. Because Caleb realized that, hey, I'm on conquest. If God said this is our land, guess what? It's my land. But it takes a mature perspective to say, despite if I can see it or not, despite what is in front of me, if God said it, it's mine but it takes a mature perspective to see that because if not, you'll just be like the other 11. Oh, I saw the opposition ahead. I don't know if I want to take on this challenge, God. God, you could call somebody else to do it. This is too much for me to handle. You you want me to endure all this? Oh, God, no, I don't want that conquest. Give me another mission, God. Like Jonah, running from it, and you're in the belly of a fish. How in the world did I get here? And I know it's easy to laugh at Jonah, but guess what? Sometimes we're in that big belly of the uh, the fish as well. And we're like, how in the world did I get here? Because you didn't obey the conquest uh, that God has for you. Because we're trying to make our own decisions. But maturity says, I don't know what's on the other side of it, but I know it's great. I know it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And you say, well, what is territory? Territory could be you overcoming fear. God is saying, I want you to overcome that fear that you have. But until you take possession of it and mature, you'll always let fear take over you. I'm trying to get you to overcome depression and and, and doubt and discouragement, and I want to give you joy and peace. And that's the territory that I have for you. That's the land that I have for you. But you have to take hold of it and say, I'm on a mission for peace and joy. But if you never take up the, the conquest and the challenge to say that God has empowered me and strengthened me to do it, you'll always be in a place where you're frustrated with life and frustrated with God. And all God is saying is, I've empowered you. I've strengthened you for conquest. You just have to go out and you take it. You know, when Tamara and I moved here almost three years ago to Mobile, Mobile is a conquest. We didn't have Mobile in mind, but we were in Baton Rouge living our lives and serving in the local church. And then God just began to put a a, a desire of of just something more in our hearts. And then he said, it's Mobile. Mobile. That's the conquest I have for you. That's the territory I have for you. Now, did he say, this is what you're going to have to endure along the way? He didn't say it at all, because if he did, I probably would have said, I'm straight where I'm at. I don't want that land. (laughs) You can keep that land in Mobile. I'm fine right here at home. But no, he doesn't tell you what's going ahead. He just said, this is the land I have for you. Are you going to possess it or not? Or are you going to say the people look like giants and I'm going to look like a little grasshopper? I can't overcome. No, no. We are well able. I'm going to take the territory. I'm going, to, I'm going to overcome. But you'll always be dissatisfied with life if there's no conquest. I was telling tomorrow that the other day. I cannot imagine living life without a God dream. Like when I think about living for God, God always gives us dreams and goals to accomplish. And some of it can be scary. But, man, what an adventure it is. And I cannot ma- imagine living my life with no dream and no vision What do you? and just existing. That's a, that's a miserable life to think about because I know what that felt like because I lived that life. It was a miserable, and, and, I, and I had personal goals. I had personal dreams. Even chasing my personal dreams and my personal goals, I was still unsatisfied. Why was that? Because it wasn't a God dream. It wasn't a God vision. It wasn't a God mission. It wasn't a God conquest. And when God gives you conquest, I'm telling you, it may seem scary at first. It may seem scary in the middle. But I guarantee you, when you possess that territory, you'll say, whoo, what's next, God? God, what you got for me next, God? Because now you, that, you know, some people say they are uh, adrenaline junkies. And they like living on the edge. Guess what? You get hooked to God's conquest, you're gonna be living on the edge. God, what you got for me next? And you all and life and your relationship with God will always be exciting, it will never be stale. You say, it's not fun serving God. That's because you have no conquest. That's why it's boring. That's why you don't wanna read your Bible, that's why you're not praying. Because the more conquest you're on, the more you realize I need to read, I need to pray. <laughs> I need to fast. I I need to worship because I need to worship my way through this. I need to pray my way through this because this conquest seems so much bigger than what I am. But guess what? That's the point. Because God says, I've given you so much, but yet you're the only person that's standing in your way from you receiving it. It's just going to take maturity for you to receive it. So all these things that we're talking about today ultimately, ultimately set you up for conquest. And so you say, what were we saying about maturity today, Pastor? I want you to gain the territory and the land, the conquest that God has for you. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're on the conquest, keep going. If you're not, get on it. <laughs> get, get on God, what, what, what do you have for me? And like I said, some of you, it could be fear. You say, well, that's not big. Well, some people, for fear is a big thing. To overcome doubt to overcome insecurities, to overcome anxiety. There's a lot of things that God says, this is the land that I have for you, not necessarily a physical location. It could just be those things. What? what, what I'm, oh, I'm trying to get you to step out in faith and trust me more. That's the territory I have for you. I'm trying to get you to be consistent in your Bible reading. That's the territory I have for you. I'm trying to get you to be consistent in your word life. That's the territory I have for you. And when he sends you on conquest, I'm telling you, life begins to get exciting. But when there's no conquest, you get bored. You get bored. What happened to David when he was supposed to be in battle and he was on the rooftop looking at Bathsheba? We see how that and then an innocent man lost his life because he was supposed to be on conquest, but he's up on the rooftop chilling. Usually the things go wrong in our lives when we're not on conquest. When we should be on mission and we're just, I want to chill, that's when trouble happens. Usually when you're tired or you're chilling is usually when the devil tries to tempt you the most. When you're tired, because your mind just everywhere, and you're chilling, and I'm just going to relax. Yeah, but relax and doing what? Because that's when he tries to come and he tries to tempt you. But if you're on conquest, you say, you know what? I see you, devil. I see what you're trying to do, but it ain't going to work. My mind is fixed on this conquest, and I'm maturing, and I'm not going to stop until I possess the land that God has for me. And then when I possess that land, I'm going after another land. And it's a forever-ending journey. Until I get to heaven, then I can say, thank you, God, and I can take my rest. But until then, I'm on conquest. And I want to encourage all of you again, get on conquest. What territory are you currently conquering right now? And if you say, well, I don't know, this is a good place to start. Take inventory. What, what do you need to overcome? What do you need to conquer? What has God placed on your heart? I don't know, but you do. And if you don't know, ask God. He'll show it to you. God has conquest for all of us. But he's also called all of us to maturity. We exist to mature. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord God, that you've created us to mature. I thank you that today you're awakening something on the inside of us, Lord God, in our hearts, that we won't be content and complacent with where we are, but we would continue to move forward in you, Lord God, in our relationship with you. Lord God, that we would begin to have self-awareness and self-confrontations with ourselves, Lord God, and begin to deal with ourselves eternally and ask us the question, why do I do the things that I do and make the necessary changes, Lord God, that I will begin to strengthen myself knowing that I find strength from you. Lord, I thank you that in the midst of, of, of trouble, Lord God, that I will look to you and rely to you and I will focus on follow through, that I will follow through, that my word is my word and that it prepares me for conquest that I will take hold of the land that you've given me. And I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that you would strengthen us and give us conquest and that we will mature in these areas, in every area of our life, Lord God, in every area of our life, that we will begin to pro- the process of maturity. And I thank you for the strength and the determination that comes from you to overcome. And Lord, we look to you, we rely on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. You can bow your head and close your eyes. I want to give one more uh, invitation of prayer, and that's for anyone that wants to come into right relationship with God. The greatest conquest that you can have is to pursue the Lord as your Lord and Savior. And I believe that today is no coincidence if you're away from God that this is the day that God is saying, the conquest begins here with you surrendering your life to me. He wants you. He loves you. He's called you your son or daughter. He knows everything that you've walked through. And he says, I want you to give it to me. I want you to receive me this morning. Today is the day that his arms are open wide and the father is saying, son, daughter, come run to me. Come receive my love. I want to embrace you with a hug. I want to embrace you with a kiss. I want to to affirm you. I want to love on you. And there is nothing that you can experience like the love of the Father. Today, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're away from God, maybe some of you, you serve God at one point, or maybe you've fallen away, but you want to come back to God today. Whether you're in the room or watching online, I want to pray with you. But if you are in the room and you would like to make that commitment to follow God with no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hand and I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to do this and even you watching online, just place your hand over your heart and I want everyone just to repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment where I can come to you and surrender my life I lay it down to receive your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace, and your love. I thank you that my sin, my shame, and my guilt are washed away and cleansed by your blood. I thank you for the new life that I have in you today. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I promise that I will serve you All the days of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all, give one more hand clap for those that made that decision to follow Christ. And if you're watching online and you made that decision, congratulations. Let us know by commenting in the comment section that you made that decision, or you can email us at info at newlifemobile.org. Let us know what God did in your heart in this moment. We would love to pray with you and connect with you. Also, if you're in the room and you made that decision, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect, but on the back it says, I made a decision. Uh, You can fill that card out and you can drop it in the offering bucket on the way out and we would love to connect with you as well, amen. So we exist to mature, amen, and we're gonna mature, amen. So before we disconnect with you guys online, there's a few announcements that we would uh, like to give. Best thing to go in is starting tomorrow is Kids Camp. It's the hottest ticket in Mobile. I just want you to know. It started tomorrow. It'll be from tomorrow through Friday. Uh, uh, It's for kids uh, K5 or age five through 13. Uh, You can go to our Facebook page, our website, newlifemobile.org to register. It's not too late, almost too late, but it's not too late. So you can show up. We love to uh, have your kid be a part of that, your child, uh, boy, girl, doesn't matter. Uh, we'd love to have you there. We have great things prepared for you. There's a lot of preparation, so they're not just going to show up and looking around like, what we doing? It's prepared. So it's going to be a great, great time. They'll begin to uh, form relationships with other kids their age, and it's going to be a great, great time. They're going to learn. They're going to grow, but they also going to have a lot of fun. So it's going to be a great time. That starts tomorrow uh, at 9 a.m. Also, we have prayer this Wednesday at 630. We'd love to invite you to come out and pray with us. 6:30 prayer. It happens every Wednesday, except for the first Wednesday of the month when we have life group, which we just had this past Wednesday, and we had a great time in life group. Uh, so if you missed that, the next one will be first week, first Wednesday of July. But this Wednesday prayer, 6:30, we love to invite you for that. And also, before you go, if you're online if you're prepared to give, uh, we would like to give you that opportunity to give as well. There's a couple ways you could do that. You could go to our website at newlifemobile.org. You can download our app uh, to give on the app, or you can mail in a check or money order. And also you could give towards our Building New Life Fund, which is our building fund here at the church. There's a lot of projects that we've mentioned before that that we're uh, doing an offering for to go specifically to those needs. That's separate from the tithe. So the tithe and offering is one thing, but the Building New Life is a totally separate thing that you could give above and beyond the tithe. To that as well, just want to make sure you guys are aware with that. But we're going to pray and then you guys online are dismissed, Lord. I thank you today for your people. I thank you that you bless them and bless everything that is given today, Lord God, towards the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord God, that it's not just for us, it's for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And I thank you that you use it, that you will multiply, that you will stretch it, Lord God, for your glory, Lord. That I thank you that you will bless each and every person that give, bless every area and dimension of their life. Be with them, provide for them, lead them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us online again. We'd like to invite you out to prayer this Wednesday, 630. Also, come worship with us in the building. We'll be here next Sunday, 10 a.m. We're going to be celebrating. It's Father's Day. So we have a special treat for fathers next week, uh, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, But come join us. We'll be here at 10 a.m. Kids Camp starts tomorrow. Have a great, great Sunday. We love you guys. Have a great rest, rest of the week. Amen. So, you guys, you can stand to your feet.